welcome back once again to the VOV Network. Today, we're going to get into a very interesting topic, and it has to do with choosing your happiness. And why we came up with this and what we really thought that this mattered has to do with something called certainty versus uncertainty. And what we mean by that is sometimes we'll stay in situations, whether it's relationships, careers, any situation where because you choose to be there because you feel certain of what you can predict, what the outcomes are going to be and how things are going to go, even though you might not be happy, satisfied or fulfilled in that situation, but be, but you choose to stay anyway. And that's really what we're talking about here. And what we wanted to focus in on is having the courage, being bold enough, striking fear in the face and moving forward to get yourself out of those situations where you've chosen to remain because you're certain of what you're going to get versus the uncertainty and the unknown of what's on the other side. Stick around. Let's get into it. Bridget, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I am doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm fantastic. So we, we're here, we're live, and what we want to talk about really has to do about choosing your happiness. And I, we wanted to bring this to the table, and I'll first talk a little bit about it from my perspective and why I think it's an important subject. Really wanted to focus in on it from the standpoint of uh, compromising or settling or uh, not standing up for what it is you truly deserve, or even maybe not just going out and fighting for what it is in life that you truly want out of life because you've kind of gotten into this place of comfort, which is one way to look at it. Uh, maybe there's some fear associated with what might be unknown out there or change and, and the effort that it may take to go through that change. Uh, so instead of taking that, finding the courage within yourself or uh, having that initiative to try to move forward, we'll choose to stay in that place of true discomfort uh, because we're certain what that's going to be like, mm -hmm. because, but we're uncertain about what will happen when we actually take that leap of faith and do make those changes. Uh, what do you think about that? Have you had any experiences like that or what's your perspective? <laughs> definitely, definitely. We're, we're all comfortable with certainty, certainty, right? And like, as you said, in the thought of uncertainty, it really just turns my stomach in knots mm -hmm. and I'm sure others feel the same way. But what I am learning in both choosing happiness rather than um, certainty, certainty or certainty rather than happiness is it's a lesson in both. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about that. The lesson in choosing either side or the lesson in experiencing either side. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there, there are lessons absolutely to be learned. And that's really what we want to do is to share some of the things that we have experienced personally. Uh, observations and their perspectives on on both sides of that fence and why we feel uh, taking those steps is really the better choice versus staying and agonizing through uh, giving up, going after truly being happy, truly being fulfilled, truly being satisfied, and whatever those goals or objectives are in life. Uh, bringing that up, and that's really what I want to talk about next, has to do with happiness. I mean, that's that's a big word, you know, happiness. What does it mean? You know, that's like saying, what does love mean, right? Um, and because it obviously means many different things to mm -hmm. different people. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we're we not going to sit here and try to frame what happiness should look like or should be for each individual out there because it's going to be different for everybody, right? And mm -hmm. that, that's just naturally what we are going to choose to expect. But the key is 
to be able to identify and self-identify whether you are happy or satisfied or fulfilled with whatever or wherever you are in your life or not. And that's really why we wanted to bring that up. When we say, you know, get to this place of happiness, it's not a necessarily a destination or a specific thing, but it is an awareness that I think people need to have uh, of, of, of themselves and within themselves. You know, am I happy? Am I satisfied? Do I feel fulfilled? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so a friend of mine, um, Katina, she posted a question this week um, and she posted, are you happy? And so I replied, define happy because mm -hmm. some people were saying yes, no. And nobody ever said define happy because, mm -hmm. of course, it means different things to different people. And so she responded, um, happiness is content. Happy is content. And so I replied, hmm, because for me, happiness is being is when I'm fruitful, like when I'm helpful, when I'm producing good, whether it's um, good feelings, good service, good results. It's when I'm fruitful. So some mm -hmm. people think happiness is content. Happiness could be love. Happiness could be. I mean, it's just a lot of different feelings because mm -hmm. it is a feeling. It is. It's, a not, a, it's not a state of being. Right. It is a feeling. Um, so, yes, it is different for everybody. So for me, happiness is being fruitful. And so basically it's an action. And see, and, and again, that's why we really wanted to bring that up and, and get that on the table so people really can start to dive into and think about what is happiness to them from a definition standpoint in, in their world. Right. Because, you know, you say, uh, you know, fulfillment and you're putting things out there and you, you're contributing and that's that's the space that really makes you happy and you know you've heard me say this a lot of times one of the things that i look for is peace and i really mean that more from the standpoint of in some ways con predictability and consistency right mm -hmm. that, that things are just not helter skelter right uh, and, and just all over the place so trying to find that that rhythm in life that harmony in life that there seems to be some predictability, some peace, some harmony. That's for me, a place of happiness, right? Right. So totally different than yours. Right. And, still, and that's the way it is because right. some people would think your definition of happiness, like the predictability, okay, that's kind of boring for me. And then some people would think my definition of happiness being fruitful, they would be like, oh, that's tiring for me. Um, mm -hmm. That's doing a lot of stuff um for other people um that's not ha I don't, that doesn't make me happy if i'm doing something for myself that makes me happy you know so everybody has their own definition of happiness and that is something that we really have to um hone in on is you know having your own definition of happiness because i've heard people say that um happiness is based on a um a feeling or something has to happen for you to be happy. And that's when you go into happiness or joy. And that's a whole total different topic yeah. um, that we could go, <laughs> that yeah. we can go on. Um, and so you really have to talk, think about what actually makes you happy. So when you say, are you happy? You really need to think about what really makes you happy. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, and there's a whole different subject and we'll, we'll, we'll go down that road, I think a different time, but that goes back to being grateful and showing gratitude. Um, because, you know, you get in that cycle of, well, when I get the new job, then I'll be happy. But then you get mm -hmm. the job and they say, but then when I get the new car, well, then I'll be happy. Right? And then you get that, too. And then but when I get the new house, well, then I'll be happy. Right? But what about all of that time 
as you've gone through these steps, which may have been two or three years. So are you saying to yourself that, you know, you're not happy, you're not satisfied, you're not fulfilled, you're not grateful with what you've had in your life that period of time. And that's the the trap that we really need to look out for when we talk about happiness and saying that there's a, a place or a thing that we need to get to, to achieve it. Uh, and we have to be really, really cautious of that. And I um, think that's where my friend Katina was going with, that's where she was going when she said contentment, because really, like you just said, when I get this, I'll be happy. When I get this, I'm happy. But what about the journey to it? And a lot of people say, well, on payday, I'm just so happy. But that in that in-between time, I'm in a bad mood. Well, something has to happen for you to be happy. So what about that in-between time? What are you doing in, in the between that payday and that payday? Or are you still content? Are you still doing things that you enjoy? Are you still learning these lessons that won't necessarily make you unhappy until until Friday come again. Mm -hmm. So when she's, I can understand her saying being content, meaning, okay, I, I did get paid. I am, con I'm content, but I'm content even if I didn't get paid. Mm -hmm. And so you fill your life up with things that matter. Even if the payday never came, I'm still that I'm still happy. Absolutely. So I think that's where she was going with that. Yeah. And I want to transition from there to talk a little bit about, uh, obviously, happiness and relationships and personal relationships is always going to be a key component. And, you know, we, sometimes we get into those relationships where you're being uh, mistreated, abused, uh, taken advantage of, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully at some point you come to that realization and you choose to make a change. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of people don't, they'll stay because they, at least they're certain what's going to happen there. It's like if I step out here on my own or if I make this change, it's this total un world of unknown. And mm -hmm. their fear of that is greater than the experiences that they're already having, which are obviously not positive experiences. So they'll choose to exist in that state versus moving on to the next state out there. Which, so we, I definitely wanted to bring that to the table to say, You've got to think that through from a self-realization standpoint. And that's when when the title basically says, you know, choose happiness. That means in that time, if you're not being fulfilled, you're not being treated properly, uh, respected, et cetera, et cetera, then that's a choice then you need to make to move, remove yourself from the situation and move on to something different. Now, are there guarantees? There are no guarantees in life at all, right? So... Uh, it, it it could be a rough road. It could be a tough journey. But the, the key of it is to have some understanding and some realizations and then go about setting some path of action to, to try to change that for yourself. Um, and then I also want to transition really quick and I'll, I'll let you come back and jump on both pieces of it. This also happens a lot with careers. I think I think a lot of people end up working in a job or a situation with work that they're not really happy or satisfied or fulfilled with, but you know, they have this pressure of, I've got to pay the mortgage and the kids got to eat and blah, blah, blah. But so they won't necessarily pursue that thing that they're truly passionate about or what they've always wanted to do in life or a new opportunity comes along, but it's a smaller company or it's a startup. And so there's obviously risks that are associated with making that change. So now they're mm -hmm. uncomfortable. So it's like, hmm, that looks like a great opportunity. And that's really right down the line. I really want to start to do in my life. 
but I'm over here and I've already been here five years or 10 years and uh, it's, it's wash, rinse, repeat, right? And they're, they're in that cycle. So instead of rocking the boat, they choose to stay and not pursue what mm-hmm. could be a, a greater or a better opportunity for them. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, yeah, well, it might not be. I said, but you will never know unless you actually take the step. It's like skydiving. You see, you can go up in the plane, you can put on the chute, you can do every piece of it. And that jump. But not until you actually step out of the plane, you, you haven't actually had the experience. So, and I know you want to chime in and, and share a few thoughts on, on both sides of that coin. Well, that's just, that's just the jumping part. Just, just jump and do it afraid and do it afraid. And so um, I just want to speak about what toxicity means to me in terms of what you, what you said, um, what you noted, the relationship uh, piece and the, the, even when it's not just the intimate relationships, the family relationship, business relationships, um, the toxicity in jobs and careers, and even, and nobody really talks about this, but the toxicity in how the relationship you have with yourself, how you treat yourself. Nobody talks about that because we have toxic, toxic relationships with ourselves as well, how we care about ourselves. Um, And so we need to um, understand that sometimes the way we treat ourselves is toxic as well. We don't, uh, it's not always the outside influence. Mm -hmm. That is very, very true. That is, that is a very, very true statement. So key components there. I mean, obviously it, it's, it's the self-evaluation and self-realization pieces of it um, that because everything starts there. Right. And, and as you go through that process, I'm not saying it's easy because um, a lot of things in life definitely are not easy when we look at it from that standpoint. But again, you've got those fears and those fears are natural things. I mean, it, it's natural to be, have a fear of change. Uh, it's natural to have a fear of being alone. You know, you know, you've been in a relationship for a while and all of a sudden you go, I want to make a change, but now I'm alone. What's that going to be like? Because it's, it's a place you haven't been in a, in a while. Uh, it's a fear of being judged, right? And, and that's, that's, a, that's a big one because a lot of the times we will stay and do one thing because we don't want to be judged by others. Like, you did what? But you had this great job. And in their minds, looking from the outside in, it might have looked like the perfect job, but it might not be, have been the perfect job for you. Right. Cause that's the thing we're all individuals and we all, you know, sometimes want to jump in and pass these judgments uh, mm-hmm. on different situations, but you are not that individual. So what makes them tick what's in their soul, what's in their heart, mind, and spirit, it's going to be different from yours. So that gives them a little bit of a different perspective on why they may want to make a change or go in a little bit different direction. And sometimes we need to just say, you know what, I'm not worried about what they say, you know, the committee of they, as I call it, um, just do what it is that, that you need to do to satisfy self. Sometimes it's, it's really what matters. And then the last one I just want to throw out is uh, a lot of times also, and it's partial judgment, but uh, we uh, a lot of times don't want to be seen as a quitter. I'm not a quitter. I'm going to fight and I'm going to stay and I'm going to make this work. <laughs> right. And this is the, the mindset that we jump into. Yes, yes. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I'm that, and you know, I'm going to just speak on the tops, the types of toxic areas um, I've had in my life. And maybe um, someone can um, identify with these areas. And then we'll talk about the exit strategies that, you know, later um, and 
um, why I chose um, and what I chose if it was certainty over happiness or happiness over certainty. So in terms of relationships, um, toxic for me was, you know, being manipulative, uh, manipulated, even and it, I'm not talking about just intimate relationships. I'm talking about all types of uh, relationships, uh, whether it be family, business relationships, um, partnerships and something. Um, and then so that's being manipulative. And that another thing is um, guilt tripping or mm. tit for tats or bringing up past be- failures. Mm. Um, that is a very toxic behavior and toxic traits. If you know someone that is doing that, um, or if you know, uh, if you're at at a workplace where that is happening, um, and hurtful actions against you. Um, however, for me, the lesson, as I said, at the top of the hour, the lesson for me was I had to accept my flaws. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to accept my flaws. And more than that, I had to accept my past. I had to accept all these things. And more than that, I had to acknowledge them like out loud. Right. Two people. Two people. Yeah. Two people. Yeah. So it can never be held against me. It can never be held over my head anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did that. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we've, already, we've already talked about that. Yep. So that can no longer harm me. So that's one thing I had to do. That was my role in it. Um, and then I had to learn how to focus on in in the in any type of relationship, whether it was with my family or whatever, I had to learn how to focus on my needs Um, enough that I could recognize when those needs weren't being met. That's the key. That is the key. Um, So it it, it gave me some freedom to when I could focus on my needs, like really hone in on what my needs were, I can see when they weren't getting met. And then that would gave me some freedom to love others freely from that place, from that place. Um, And these were not needs that I thought I had or needs that I just went along with that I really didn't have. It was the real needs that I had. Um, In terms of jobs and careers, I've been at workplaces where there was gossip, where there was backstabbing um, coworkers or um, micromanaging admin or supervisors. Um, However, the lesson I learned was great work ethics, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I always wanted to cover my, you know, see why? (laughs) (laughs) That part. part. So, and it it motivated me to set goals at work. And so when I set those goals at work, then I saw, hey, I could do more than I was actually doing. So even though they were micromanaging me and I had these backstabbing um, co-workers, it was pushing me to do better and pushing me to do, do more. So that was something that I learned to do. And then I learned I couldn't just trust everybody. So that means I had to keep my mouth closed. I couldn't just talk to everybody about my problems, about their problems, about how I felt about what was going on at work, even if the whole break room was talking about it. I couldn't chime in because it would be said, well, you know, me and Bridget was talking about, you know, is there my name was out there. So I, I learned I couldn't just talk every time everybody was talking. Yep. So uh, that was a lesson I learned in the job workplace. And in terms of the toxic relationship I was having with myself, it was definitely comparing my life to other people. And, mm. and we talked about this before, making decisions based on fear, you know, living my life based on what other people thought I should do. 
and being unhealthy on the inside, you know, as stress eating. And I've talked about that before. So those are the toxic areas that I had in my life. And I hope other people can identify with that and looking internally and thinking, you know, what are the toxic traits? Because a lot of times we say, oh, I'm in a toxic relationship. Oh, I'm in a toxic workplace. We look a lot about what people are doing and what someone is saying. And we don't often look at the lesson that could be learned in that. Right. Right. That's very true. That, that's, a, that's, that's a very true statement, you know, and, and it, it does take um, uh, some, some forethought and it's that whole, that whole thing about picking your battles, right? Because you, you, you know, and the analogy I've used a thousand times, how to eat an elephant, you know, it's, it's one bite at a time, right? You, so you can't just solve maybe everything in one fell swoop, but you can start to think it through. Uh, start to formulate ideas and approaches so that you can bite off pieces of it, right? But it goes back, I think one of the key things that you said in, in all of that was identifying A, your needs, but B, when they're not being met, right? And that's the thing where I think a lot of people get hung up uh, when you start talking about uh, happiness or unhappiness or certainty or uncertainty is A, they've got to be to truly identify what their needs are what what really feeds them as an individual mm-hmm. and then are these needs being met you know at, at what level at what degree at what percentage and is that enough mm-hmm. and if the answer in any way is no that's that's not enough then that's what we are talking about today is okay so what are you going to do about it right um, and and what that may look like from person to person as far as what those action steps may be, uh, obviously are going to greatly vary because everybody's situation is unique. We all have different skills and abilities and, and various things. But the key component is if you've identified it, are you just going to accept it as it is, right? status quo, just roll with it, or are you actually going to take some action to see if you can get it to change, to be better so that your needs are met so that you do feel for, more fulfilled and that you move toward a quote unquote happier place in life. And, and like you said before, we, I know I understand that it, it's not just black or white. It's a lot of gray area. Yeah. You've been on your job for 30 years. Okay. Yeah. You've been in, in relationships for a, a long term. Um, this is your family. You just can't cut them off. Um, you know, this is how you've always done in your life. Um, how do you start to change that? So it's just, it feels comfortable. Like it's going to be weird. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to, a lot of feelings. We understand, I understand that I've, I've been there. I have, I've never been on a job 30 years, but I know about long-term something. (laughs) Right. However, yeah, it's not cut. It's not black and white. It's a lot in between that. But it, but it's intent. When you decide to be intentional about it, um, then you have to do those things and you have to learn those lessons. And I got the learning lessons from a friend of mine, um, Randall Upshaw. Um, she she put out a, a TikTok about the lessons you learn from toxic toxicity. And so hats off to her. But like um like the comedian David Arnold who just passed away said it's not for the weak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not for the weak um mm-hmm. you know choosing happiness over um uncertainty it's not for the weak um and so you just have to be intentional in doing so right absolutely right absolutely right and then 
Um, you know, this is the part where I talk about the things that obviously you have to be brave because, as you said, it's not for the weak. Uh, I, I, it's it's a funny term, but I, I call it self liberation, right? Mm-hmm. Which is it's really what it's based in. Uh, and and you know, what are those steps? What do I need to do to quote unquote liberate myself from whatever the situation may be that is holding me back or having me feel disrespected or not fulfilled, et cetera, et cetera. So to liberate yourself from that, what are the steps that you need to take? And then obviously then this is where you have to also look at yourself and go, okay, I have to have trust in myself. I have to have confidence in myself. I have to have belief in myself. Right. Uh, and this is where we go back to what we even do here at the VOB Network and the Village of Voices is everything is focused on self-excellence. We, you know, we're trying to cultivate, enhance, and preserve what I deem to be self-excellence. So self being the first word in that means Nothing we're looking internally, right? It, it's, it's, so what are the things that you are doing for self to make sure that you self are brave, you self are confident, you self are sit there and you're, you're in a space of belief, having true self-belief in who you are and what your abilities are and, and everything else. That's the place to focus first so that you can stand those things up and have those walls and those foundations be solid. Once that's there, then that's where you can build the second level of the fort, which is to get yourself out and over the wall mm-hmm. towards that freedom and the unknown and what, what's next for you because you've built this base in the first part that's so solid. And that was one of the key components that I really wanted to make sure I hammered home and what we're talking about today is waking up tomorrow and probably just having it to be a knee-jerk reaction to say, you know what, I'm going to go do this might not be the best thing to do, right? Because <laughs> maybe you don't have everything that you need as part of the foundation mm-hmm. set yet. So you're kind of setting yourself up to quote unquote fail, as they say, right out of the box, because you haven't done a, you try to jump straight to C. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so I think that's a key component to look at too. And this is where are you in these different areas? Do you truly have the self-confidence, self-belief, et cetera, et cetera, within yourself? Not what others think, not what their judgments are, not what the world says, where you should be, who you should be, but, this is none of that. This is that talk that really is between your head and your heart. And then also those things that your gut tells you, because that's what's really going to matter when you start to try to make these transitions and make these changes. I And you cannot say self enough. Right. Because a lot of times when we start making changes or we start to identify things we need to change. We start to it's easier for easier for us to look at how other people have made us feel or what other people would think or how we're going to how the barriers or the obstacles going to be because of other people. than to think about um, ourselves and what we're doing to stop it and how we're going to how we're going to make that happen, how self is going to make that happen. And I I posted something one time about um, we always say the enemy and sometimes it's the inner me. Mm hmm. And so we have to start there about the way we think and not always. And so in the Bible is as a man think it, so is he. And so we have to stop thinking, talking about what's going to stop us on the outside. And like you say, we have to internalize that thing and talk and think about what we need to do 
in the process and the foundation and that we need to lay. A thousand percent. And it's so true. Um, and I'm hoping that that's the awareness that we're imparting here to uh, the, our, our viewers is to say, listen, the, the key is to start within. Where are you? What's what's the, the true foundations and different things? And that ties back to as you you you've go through evaluating what your needs are and why are they being met or not? And again, it's your needs. It's not what the other person thinks your need should be or they believe that they're meeting your need. Because if it's not, then that, those are the times when you have to clearly express what it is that you're not receiving, uh, what how it makes you feel, uh, and open up and, and express those feelings. And that's what we won't do a lot of times either, is we won't share. And, and as I say all the time, we're treating the symptoms a lot but we actually don't treat the cause mm -hmm. of why you're sick to begin with. Right? Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll go on about each day and we'll do a little of this and a little of that to kind of treat the symptoms because this is the side effect of what's happening because of the main thing. But how about we actually, and a lot of times we know what the thing is, but we'll still choose just to treat the symptoms associated with it versus actually right. working on changing, doing something about the thing that's causing all of these issues and the problems and the yeah, symptoms. To absolutely. Begin with. Absolutely. And I'm learning that, well, I've learned that through other people, other people's experiences and, and sharing their experiences have helped me along the way. So I just want to share my experiences and my exit, so to speak, exit strategies. Um, I chose happiness and how that looks for me, which is fruitful. Um, because in terms of a career or a job, I could have stayed in a job that, that, that didn't require a degree. Um, that um, even though there were levels of toxicity in that workplace, I still, you know, was still didn't have to stretch, stretch myself, but I still brought a paycheck home. Right. And I mean, it was in my head. I was thinking, well, it's eight to five. You're off on the weekends. You still bring a paycheck home. You got to deal with that for eight hours. That's all you don't have to do. You know, you can come home. But that was feeding to my spirit still for those eight hours. That's a lot of hours to have to deal with that. But you you're you're certain about that. Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, every day you have a job, you don't have to stretch yourself. Mm -hmm. So I had to come to terms with, hey, this is not benefiting me. This is not good for me. This is not growth for me. And, and most of all, this is not fruitful for me. I'm not producing good from this. And so I had to um, stretch myself. Um, I had to, um, to stretch myself to reach a goal where I could be fruitful. Right. And so then I went on to, you know, go back to school and get my degree in, in a, and then get a master's just so that I could um, remove myself from that toxic workplace. And it was a brave move for me. And it was um, a, a time where I had to be consistent. Um, it was a long, <laughs> took forever to do. Um, but that was the consistency in a relationship in, in any in all my relationships, whatever they were. I had to be brave enough to choose me. Um, and some people would say brave. Say that one more time. Say that out loud. Brave enough. Brave enough to choose me. And some people would say brave um, because if you've never really chose yourself, um, you're scared of of or you don't know what 
that looks like, you know, or people may say you're coming off as selfish, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to stay in relationships that are toxic because you're certain that they're going to be there um, no matter what kind it is, no matter what kind of relationship you're in, you're not alone, right? right? So then there's this big question. Y'all ready? What do I do with my alone self? <laughs> if I choose me. Boy, do I have some answers for that, but okay. What do I do with my alone self? So that's the uncertainty. Okay, I have chosen me. I have set boundaries. People not agreeing with it. They are dissing themselves. Nobody calling me. Nobody want to hang out no more because she is her authentic self. Um, so what am I going to do with myself? I have not been alone before. So what do I do? Yep. So let me let me jump in there because I want to go back to what we were talking a little bit ago about the whole self-excellence thing, right? And the, the within self, right? And what happens, unfortunately, a lot of the times when people do figure out a way and get the strength and the courage to tear themselves away and now they're alone with self, then they really realize how much they don't like self, right? They Because they've been blinded, they've been distracted, had other things that have kept them from actually truly internalizing and looking at self and some different things. And then now all of a sudden you have this alone time. And in that space of being alone, you realize, oh, my God, I don't I, I don't like this about me. And I don't like that about me. I need to work on this. I need to work on that. And not that that's bad. I'm just it's a realization that a lot of the times people find themselves in that space. And then once you're there, you, again, that's another choice. Right. From the standpoint of do you just go, well, it's who I am and I'll, I'll just let it be what it be. Or do you actually start to do some things for self that you have now become aware of for yourself and, and start to make some additional changes and transitions to, to move you in a, in a different direction? Uh, so, and Bridget just said, this goes back to what we always talk about with everything that we share as far as trying to move you forward. It is a journey. All of what we talk about is a journey. If you, are you ever going to arrive? No. You, you never do. So, A, you can you figure, okay, I, I got out of the frying pan now and I'm here and I'm good. But then now I'm out of the frying pan. I realize I don't necessarily like all of the parts of the person that I am. So now I need to make another change. And then I get to this level and it's like, well, you know, now my career is because of my eyes are open as to who I am more, right? And what I really want to feed me. And so the career, the, the position I'm in, doesn't feed that piece of me that I have now awakened. Right. Mm -hmm. So then now there's another change. So this is what we're talking about. It is an mm -hmm. ongoing self-realization, uh, as I said, self-liberating journey that you're really going on uh, as you start to go about this process of true self-realization and true self-excellence. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And let me note this, that we I understand and I, I, I'm, I don't want to speak for Brian, but I'm I'm, I'm sure he understands that we know you have family. We have family. We know that you may have spouses and we know you may have, you know, um, roles at a, in a position at your job. But we're not saying this is a cutoff thing. We're saying that other people are going to be affected by this change. Other people are going to be affected about you. Uh, about your self-awareness. We're not saying, oh, become self-awareness and forget what they think about. We're not, we're not saying that. 
But what I'm saying is this, as you change and become self-aware and decide what you're going to choose, whether it's certainty or uncertainty, whatever happiness, your needs are going to definitely change. For me, it did. Mm-hmm. Now, was it fair for the people that were have been with me all those years, have been my family all those years? Have I, No, maybe for my job. Was it was it fair to them? It was not. I, I'll be the first to say that it was not fair for them. But uh, the thing about love is what I think deemed love to be is unconditional. Right. Things are going to change. Love is is love is love. People mm-hmm. change. Yes, they but do. the love is consistent. So if people are in your lives, if if you know, even in, in your workplace, if you want to change roles in that job, or even if you want to leave, if you're if if up, if your manager or whoever is is above you wants you to succeed, they will agree on letting you go, based on they care about you succeeding. Yep. Um, if the people that are in your family want to see you be healthy mentally. They will understand that your needs changed and they will fit themselves into those needs as you do them as well. Right. If your boundaries have changed, they will fit themselves into those boundaries because it's all a healthy relationship. It's nothing unhealthy. And you're not going to pick something for yourself that's going to be unhealthy for you. Now, maybe it's not going to be good for them, but they're going to have to find out their needs. And that's not your business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah, so we're not saying it's gonna be it's gonna be all good, and you, are you gonna chop them off and say forget about them? I know for me, when my needs change and when my boundaries change, there are some people I can count on my hand that were not pleased with that. But as time has progressed, they have gotten to the point where this is how pretty it is now. So if we love her, we're gonna just kind of like see how we fit, or we're not. And, you know, Bridget, we've talked about this before because one of the things that I've shared just is talking about as you do grow, right? And you've got obviously a peer group or a circle of friends or family members or whatever you want to say, and you, you're on this essential same level together. And then you start to evolve. You do some things different. There starts to become this gap between mm-hmm. where you are and, and, and where, where they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is, again, choice. Every, everything revolves around choosing what's going to be best for you the mm-hmm. individual right because it's your life and it's your, you have the right to try to live your best life so as you're going and you're you're evolving your way up the scale there starts to become this void between you right this gap then this is the choice do you choose to step back down for their comfort or do you hold your place and challenge them to rise to your level right and that's the key to look at, because, again, either way you're looking at that, that, that's a choice that needs to be made. And if you hold your ground and say, you know what, I've worked too hard to on myself and to help myself evolve and be brave and move forward. So I'm going to stand my ground where I am. They need to start to work to elevate to me. And that doesn't happen. That, that's not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not your business. Yeah, it's not your business. Um, we get caught up in that, you know, mm-hmm. man. Well, they say I change, so maybe I need to go back, or you know, like that, or maybe I need to be this way. And I mean, rightfully so. They're not coming from a place of anger or hate. You know, just don't want to see you succeed. They're just going on a place of what's comfortable for them and what used to be and what's always been. I um, mean, that's understandable. But that's a yep. teaching. That's a teaching moment for you to, you know. Talk to them about the changes that you made and, and, and how they can make those same changes if they need to. 
But sometimes people don't want to see, you know, your shine because it, it kind of shines on them as well. So it forces them to come up. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. And that's just that's just what it is. Yep. Yep. I, so true. I, as I say, choose to be the lighthouse. I'll choose to be the lighthouse. I'll be the guide. I'm going to move. And I'm, you know, I, I'm hoping that you do make change because I see change as a positive thing, as mm-hmm. something that moves you forward, something that challenges Definitely. you, uh, something you can learn from. Because I believe you, learning and growth is something you should never stop doing in life. Uh, so with that said, let's transition to bringing this home and talking about um extra strategies or planning or how, as you come to these realizations, uh, maybe some of the things we've done on our side of the fence or observed that we've seen work to try to move yourself forward. Well, as I said, in terms of job and career, um, I mean, I was going in this circle, like all my jobs were doing basically the same because everybody has to start somewhere. So I don't, I don't, I don't ever hate on small beginnings. I know you have to start somewhere. I don't ever hate on small beginnings, but there, but you know, at some point you need to keep going. Right. And so small beginnings are made for what they're made for. Mm -hmm. And then you go up. So you don't, you know, you have to start somewhere and that, um, and so I, I started somewhere. So it wasn't for me to stay there. And I I understood that, but it was comfortable there. Mm -hmm. Even with the toxic, um, behavior at the workplace, it was comfortable and I was getting a check. So what I had to do is I just had to decide one day, okay, you have to move forward. And so I had to believe in myself that I could do it with all the obstacles that I had to face. I had to believe in myself and be confident that I can do it. And as long as it took for me to finish school, Mm -hmm. um, as long as it took for me to, to get those degrees, I had to believe that I could do it. Um, now, did I get a better job? I'm a teacher, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> you decide. <laughs> but but the goal was to push myself to, to complete the goal, um, to complete what I had set out to do in the beginning and just felt comfortable enough that I just didn't want to do it anymore. Right. So I had to push myself out of that box. So that was my exit strategy to become more confident, even in relationships and even in in how I was having a toxic relationship with myself. I had to decide, okay, you got to be have to be brave and confident enough to make that statement. I'm not accepting that anymore from me or I'm not accepting that first from me because I teach people how to treat me. In essence, so I have that's a that's you like that one, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So I have so I have to say I don't accept that anymore from me. Right. Because I was allowing it. I can't blame them. I'm I'm the one allowing it. You're that's the one correct. allowing it. That's correct. So you have to just you decide I'm not taking that anymore from myself and then work along then then work from myself to other people. Um and so that's what I had to do. Um, in terms of relationships and the same thing is as far as my the relationship with myself decide okay what what do you want to do be unhealthy and complain about it or be healthy and, and I mean or start doing the work to be healthy or stop doing both you can't be on both sides of the fence you can't be complaining about it and being unhealthy at the same time like what are you doing so I had to have those conversations yep so let me jump in real quick because I want to go back to something you said uh, talking about when you ask that question of I'm a teacher, so is that better or whatever? And, but I, what I want to say to that is for our audience out there is don't let, is your career 
an important thing in your life? Yes. But don't necessarily let that define you. Don't let that be the box that you get put into as far as what defines who you are, your success in life, or any of that piece. I'm not saying it's not a compliment and it's not important. That is not what I'm saying. But don't let that be the, the, the defining factor. And the reason I bring it up to in your in your case, Bridget, is you went back and you were saying, you know, I made this choice. I said, I'm going to go back to school. It took me some time, but I got it done and it moved me to the place. I look at that and then I say, okay, let's rewind to that point. You make those decisions. You start going down that road. Now you have two organizations that you run above and beyond what you do as a educator, right? So the question is, had you not taken that leap to even go down the road of education for yourself, would you have, do you think you'd be at a point now where you'd be running these organizations? So that would even be a thought for you. So I think Um, again, it's building blocks, right? Yes, absolutely not. It was a building block. Absolutely not. Like my mind couldn't even think along those lines. Like it, it, my mind couldn't even stretch along those lines because number one, um, not saying that everybody is built for college. We know everybody is not. But for me, it's, it, it built my confidence. Mm-hmm. The knowledge I had built my confidence in other areas mm-hmm. because and not and not the knowledge that I learned in school. And in college, the the knowledge that I learned about myself and what I could do. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that if I could do that and then I could turn around and go to grad school, I could do that. Then I could turn around and build an organization. I could do that. And then I could do this and then I could do that. So for me, it wasn't exactly my my degree. It was how I obtained a degree. And so as a teacher, you know, I kid and say, well, I'm a teacher. So I don't know if that's, you know, a big, you know, a big career move. But I am more than a teacher, even in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So and talk about exit strategies, uh, transitions and, you know, figuring out what your plan is going to be for that. And I'll show a personal story uh, for those. A lot of people know some don't. But I actually live in Hawaii and I've been here a long time. Uh, and a lot of people say, well, how did that happen? You know, what was that? And it uh, it was a very well planned out thing. I, I knew it was going to be a place of possible discomfort because it was a move I made by myself. So as we talked about earlier, it's that whole alone piece and then getting used to the new environment. But it, I, I originally came up with, you know, what I think I really want to do this kind of idea in July of, in August of the year before. And I started strategically putting things into place and looking at job opportunities and, you know, ending a job opportunity and when would that happen and what would it cost to transition? And I mean, all of these various steps and I didn't actually make the move until February, early March, the following year. So half a year to make that process happen. But the whole point is once you set your sights on something again, making a knee jerk is probably not the best answer. Definitely take that time to do your due diligence figure out what is going to be the best strategy for your life mm-hmm. that's going to make the most sense for you to be able to, to successfully make that transition and, and how, whatever that looks like for you. So that's a key component, I think, for people to realize is it takes time. Just right. as you said, with the school, it, I got through it. It took some time. Yeah. Me a tra- I didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm moving tomorrow. It, it, I planned out how that yeah. was going to look. Um, you know me, I'm very random. So there are some <laughs> decisions that I've made right away. Um, some I regretted and some I did not. But for this 
particular session, you have to make a plan. You cannot wake up tomorrow and say, okay, I'm just going to focus on me and just cut everybody off. Um, That's not, it's probably not going to work well in conversation. Um, (laughs) Even at your job, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to put my two weeks in because I think I deserve better pay. I think I can do something better. Well, that's not going to work well in terms of your household expenses. We already know that. Um, so, yeah, you it, even in the relationship you have with yourself, you're going to do, you know, you're going to gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. Um, or you're going to be going through this mental uh, breakdown. Then you're good one day. You're not um, the next day. And so all of it takes some strategic planning. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So the awareness to do that. And, and another analogy I often use, and you, you've heard it a thousand times for me, is you have to put your oxygen mask on first as they instruct you on the plane before you try to help someone else. And that's the overarching message today about choosing your happiness. Mm-hmm. So whatever that oxygen is that's coming out of the mask, that's your happiness. That's what we're talking about. That's you what you're looking for. You, you want to figure out how to put yourself in that position so that you're taking care of self first and foremost, because that's really the only way you're going to be of benefit to anyone whether it's mm-hmm. personal careers, jobs, families, whatever else is going on in your life. Uh, so focus there first. Right. Final thoughts before we wrap up today. This has been great. Um, I'm moving forward, I am still, I'm doing the same thing that we just talked about. I'm still, I'm still learning. Um, I'm still choosing. Um, it's a, it's an ongoing uh, process. I'm still choosing happiness. There is always some uncertainty coming coming against you know my, in my life um, about different situations, um, different relationships, whether they be new or old. And so it's an ongoing process, and you'll find that it's an ongoing process for you as well. So I'm still learning about this, and I'm still moving forward and, and using these same tools. Yes, same for me. And you know, it it, it it's a process, and that's the thing. It it takes action, but it also takes patience. And that's that, uh, That's the last message that I want to leave out there is as you do start to formulate that plan, start to take those action steps, don't try to break it off in big chunks that maybe you can't handle because most times that'll stop you, right? Because you become discouraged because it's not moving fast enough. Right? Just be content with the fact that you are taking the steps, not that each step needs to deliver this much. You know, that's not what it's saying. But the fact that you are continuously taking those steps to move yourself in that direction, Mm -hmm. that's what you want to focus on is the action. Focus on the action, not necessarily the immediate result of the action, because it it could take some time. Right. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. This is fantastic, Bridget. Thank you. Uh, This is very, very helpful. we have a multitude of other videos on, on the VOV network uh, on the YouTube channel. One that I definitely uh, recommend that you take a look at has to do with perfection. And it says there's no such thing basically as perfect. And I think that's a great one to kind of follow this one up with because it really helps you get past that perfectionism and uh, things have to be perfect before I make a change or make a transition because there's never going to be that perfect moment really to do just about anything, right? So that might be a great video for you to take a look at. Please like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, uh, I'll say aloha and Bridget, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, have a great rest of the day. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend.